Listen, Wings was a good show. Psych was a great show. USA Network is not CBS. And this is the Lollygaggers Podcast. In this episode, Justin finally watches Mr. Robot get spoiled, but then claims to have seen the whole thing coming. Jeff discusses the fascinating tendency for beautiful leads to fall in love with other beautiful leads. And Chris Hemsworth, Black Hat. Welcome to episode 66 of the Lolly Gaggers podcast, a show about all sorts of different things, from comics, games, movies, TV. I am on your host, Jeff. I'm in my Justin. God, you're so loud sometimes. You're so loud. Did I tell you that at uh, one of the more recent recordings of the Adventures in the Lolly Gagging podcast, Long Lee blew out my left ear, and I haven't really been able to hear uh, from it properly in like a week now, two weeks? Then my, then my plan worked. I don't. Yes. What? Yes. It's really strange. So speaking of plans, uh, we've been working on this new uh, this new system, and this week's episode we are focusing on hackers from the 2010s. Now it's a shame that we couldn't do hackers from the 90s because then we can both just challenge each other with hackers and just call it a day. Uh, so we actually had to think a little bit more carefully about what we might might do. I really wanted to give Justin a video game this time, uh, but we didn't really have time. I wanted him to try Uplink, but Uplink was really from the 2000s, even though there's an Android version that came out in the 2010s. Uh, it's a really good game. So if anyone hasn't played Uplink, give it a try. Uh, I think there's an Android version, uh, maybe even an iOS version. Not really sure, but that is not, unfortunately, what I ended up doing. Justin, what did I end up challenging you with, and uh, what did you think? So you assigned me Mr. Robot. Um, I haven't seen this yet. It is uh, yeah. a pretty well-respected show. Yeah, I mentioned I it's last week. It's over now, right? Uh, no, there's just one more season. Uh, one okay. more season left to go, I think. Uh, I think there's four total they're going with. So, so yeah, like last week I said there was like an obvious choice. This was my obvious choice because I feel like this is the, like this has been the, to me, the the epitome of like a, a hacker, a hacker story, show, TV over the past 10 years. I can't think of anything off the top of my head that was better, so so, uh, and you hadn't seen it before, which is kind of shocking to me because usually you watch, uh, you know, you watch some of the more popular television shows. So it's kind of surprising because this has been highly regarded. Uh, Rami Malek really honestly has burst into stardom largely because of his role, uh, his roles in this. Um, so kind of interesting. Anyway, so tell us about it. So it's created by Sam Ismail and the stars Rami Malek and Christian Slater from a previous movie we watched that you assigned me the wizard that's true um, he's in many other so, movies but yeah uh no mostly known for the wizard though. he really Most is honestly know. known for the wizard that's when i think of christian slater i think of the wizard people don't think of, I don't think of heather's. vampire yeah. or heathers they think yeah the wizard anyways heathers um, is my go-to when i think of christian slater I watched the first four episodes of this. Um, I'm going to try and get through this as quick as I can. There's a lot to process. The first episode was the pilot. It was about an hour and a half long, so it's kind of like a movie. And so Rimmel basically plays a character called Elliot, and Elliot is working for an IT protection service for a corporation called Evil Corp, um, and uh, that's kind of what his job is. Evil Corp is, which I think is a very funny name for, obviously, it's the Evil Corporation that they're going against. It's literally called Evil Corp. It's not. Um, it's not have, called Evil Corp. That's the. That's what they refer to it as. It's got another yeah. name. Just so you know, it's, it's so uh, locally referred to that. Yeah. He uh, he works as like a an IT specialist for uh, safety and security for um, the this company, and basically this company is like 
it has its hands in everything. Think of like Disney. They kind of like control a large portion of the world. And one of the things that they control a lot of is people's debt. So that's a big thing because they kind of control a lot of banking and stuff like that. So Elliot's father died from leukemia when he was a little boy. And he also worked for the, the, the same corporation that uh, he is kind of protecting with his, with his job. He's an expert hacker, um, and he uses these, these skills to kind of, like, catch people in the wrongdoings. He doesn't, he doesn't, like, blackmail people. He makes it quite clear early on because one of the first things, interactions he has with someone is with a guy who's doing a child porn website, and he wasn't going to use it for blackmail. He just literally turned the guy in because he's a piece of garbage. But, like, the big thing about him is he has really bad social anxiety and doesn't really do well with people. And a couple and, other things, too. He's got a few, a few, a few Yeah, he also too. is a drug addict and has a yeah. bunch of big problems. And then there's other things um, that slowly as the season progresses, you get some of the more serious issues that he actually also gets. And we don't really, I don't know, we have to be careful there because that's some heavy spoilers. But go ahead, continue. So he uses a lot of his hacking to get to know people because he has he's too scared to like and too anxious to talk to them in person so he kind of knows people before they kind of know him because he just hacks everybody's stuff and kind of gets to know who they are through their stuff um so rather by interfacing with them normally he kind of like does it digitally um he's quasi seeing a woman who's a supplier of his drugs as well so they have kind of like a symbiotic relationship and he also believes he's being followed by some men in black because of his the stuff that he does. And you kind of get a sense that he's like losing his mind. So there's a big underlying thing in the show is what's real and what's not. Sure. There's a lot of that. Um, and particularly like in the fourth episode where he's going through withdrawals and like there's a whole like 20 minutes of things that didn't really happen. And this is something that um, actually repeats every now and then. There's these there's these certain episodes every couple of, every couple of seasons every now and then there's like that are super like bonkers dreamlike states. So they're kind of surrealist in a way or they're like we know we as people like watching we know none of this is really happening because there's those weird juxtapositions like in the episode that you're talking about like at one point like there's like a shooting that happens and it looks like he gets shot and he doesn't really get shot. And then there's a scene where like he's suddenly having like this fancy dinner with his best friend, but they're inside like all safe, which is the company they work at. And they're instead of sitting at a dining table, they're sitting in their cubicles and they're having like a candlelit dinner. It's all sorts of weird stuff like that. It's one of my favorite. Those are my favorite episodes when they get all bonkers crazy like that. So you mentioned his best friend. Uh, he has a best friend that he's known since childhood because their link is that her mother and his father both died from the same uh, like leukemia disease at the same time. So they became friends over a long time, and uh, she kind of understands his weirdness, and she kind of you know, helps him as much as she can, but he's also just really strange. Um, he's eventually contacted by a, guy named, by a guy named Mr. Robot, who's played by Christian Slater. Um, and this happens after... Uh, Elliot stops a giant DDoS attack on his company. And so this, G this DDoS attack was basically corrupting all of the servers and he kind of came up with a way to kind of stop it. And there was a pseudonym used with this DDoS attack that said F Society. So it kind of was like the, the thread that kind of led to him finding out what was going on. Um, and so Christian Slater basically tries to use... Elliot as a way to kind of indict the CTO of the company as being the person who was behind the DDoS attack. So 
Elliot does, um, and he uh, the main reason why they think that they do this and they start to crumble um, Evil Corp is that if they were to do this, then it's one of the big dominoes in the world that if it were to collapse, then a lot of people's debt would also be wiped from the planet. And so um, that's kind of like a big driving force behind this whole thing of these evil corporations, uh, you know, so-called evil corporations kind of like don't think about the debt they're putting these people in because they're thinking about their bottom line and stuff or the things that they do. Um, so at the end of the episode, uh, it happens. So, that, so he kind of has something happen where he, he gives a file that was provided to him by Mr. Robot and um, nothing really happens for a while, but eventually the CTO does get arrested for um, being, and you know, the person that, that hacked the, the organization. So that's episode one. Episode two, um, Mr. Robot like disappears and doesn't contact Elliot for a very long time. And after some time, he eventually does contact him again and he has an idea to deal with a data facility dealing with Evil Corp that um, if they were to destroy it, it would help further their cause. And the way he wants to destroy it is by destroying a giant gas main around it. And Elliot wants no part of it because he thinks that, you know, people will die. And uh, he doesn't want anything to do with that, you know, killing innocent people for these, for these things. He's like, I already feel bad because I, I made an innocent man go to jail. And uh, now he's feeling even worse because of the things that they're trying to get him to kill people for this whole thing. The subplot of this whole thing is the her the girl that she that he grew up with, his best friend, is dating like a real douchey boyfriend. And he's a dumbass and gets his computer hacked by some guy selling CDs on the street. And uh, that guy selling CDs on the street kind of like blackmails him and says, I need you to kind of put this in at your job too. Um, because if you don't, I'm going to show everybody that you've been banging this girl behind your your girlfriend's back and that um, I have like all these videos of like your girlfriend naked and stuff like that. So he, he kind of blackmails him. Um, there's a new board, a new board member of evil Corp who asks Elliot to uh, become like a big partner in what he's doing because he helped kind of save the corporation and helped indict the CTO and kind of put him up and Elliot like basically declines wants nothing to do with it. Um, Elliot's girlfriend and supplier of drugs has a really bad guy that shows up and gives her drugs and he finds out that he kind of raped her. So Elliot gets back at him by getting him locked up and stuff. Um, and then he kind of like, uh, is starting to feel like, you know, things are getting a little bit better now that he's kind of separating himself from the whole thing. At the end of the episode, him and Mr. Robot meet up on a pier, and then Mr. Robot throws him off the pier, and he gets like really, really hurt. Um, in episode three, he separates himself from F Society. He's pissed off at Mr. Robot and stuff like that. He tries to start to lead a normal life, goes to a dinner party and stuff like that. But then during the dinner party, he sees a um, video on the news saying that there was a like uh, some type of radiation leak when his father was working and that 20 people from the corporation died and the CTO and, and Evil Corp knew about it and they covered it up. So essentially, 
his best friend's mother and his father were killed by the corporation. He's decided to kind of like let it go. So he gets kind of pissed off. Um, uh, her, her, his childhood best friend's boyfriend admits to his things that are going on. Um, and then she kind of gets pissed off about that. And then because of his anger towards the whole leukemia thing, Elliot decides to go back to F society and he joins them. Episode four, Elliot finds a non-lethal way to kind of deal with the data storage facility. He wants to pull up like the temperature to a certain level. So it'll fry the, the, the servers. But if they don't do it soon enough, they're going to physically copy the servers and move them to five different locations across the, the U S and they, if they were to do it once, then obviously they would fix the other facilities. So they got to try and do it before it happens. So he's trying to figure out how to do it. Meanwhile, he's going through withdrawals because he stopped taking his drugs. And there's this big old thing we talked about a little bit ago where he goes to this weird, like psychedelic trip where he's going through withdrawals. And, you know, you think that Mr. Robot takes him to go get another hit, but like, it, you know, it's Christian Slater, but like, he, he doesn't. It's just all kind of like in his own head because he's he's going crazy. Um, turns out it's all just a giant fever dream. Um, his childhood friend gets high with his girlfriend, um, and then uh, she then takes the disc, goes back to all safe, and plants the disc to kind of like get his ass in trouble. And then um, it turns out the guy who had the disc that hacked her stuff is Darlene's ex, and Darlene is one of the people who works for F-Society. So, that's the first four episodes. So, overall, what I think of it, it's a really cool show. I'm really regretting that I didn't watch it previously, because I'm so far behind now. Um, yeah, but I, I mean, you can, you, can, you can just go ahead and, like, spam through yeah. it now, so that's the cool thing. I was spoiled on a few things already, um, but... I, some of it's kind of obvious, and I don't want to talk about those things too much because you know people yeah. may not have seen it. Yeah, I mean, we do spoil the crap. Out. I mean, like it's it's chill on the channel, so we do spoil stuff. But I mean, you mentioned it like it's a Tyler Durden situation, so like that's yeah, it's fair. very much like right off the bat, I was like, well, Christian Slater is Randy yeah, Malik. it's basically like they're the same person. Pretty yeah, much. it's a little so, bit like, more complicated than that. So I hope you stick through it and watch uh, until the end because it actually has some interesting variations uh, that it's not just like the exact same thing. Uh, so there's some wrinkles that I think might surprise you. Uh, so definitely. Well, because it was like strange because there's sometimes Darlene's talking to him as if she'd been talking to him not too long ago, you mm -hmm. know, and that's also kind of her character where she just never shuts up. She just wants <laughs> yeah. loves to just talk yeah. and hear herself talk. But then like she has like conversations with him where it's like, what are you talking about? We're automatically like, oh, there's something where he's he's not 100 percent conscious of what's happening all the time. Yeah. Um, so like. He's, it, he's it's very a really much an unreliable story. narrator for what's going on. Like he is, he's voiceover narration for what's going on in the actual, you know, in the actual show. He's the main character, but he's incredible. But you can tell he doesn't have level. control of any of the situations of what's going on. It reminds um, me. So just, it reminds me of the book, uh, like One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, like where the 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 actual narrator is is schizophrenic, and so periodically as like. As very and it's set in you know set in a mental hospital and so as certain things are happening like you can't really trust what's going on sometimes some of the things that are being seen or colored in some way like you have to wonder whether or not this is really happening or is this just like the mental the mental issues of chief the narrator that's actually going down same thing with Elliot is it just 
something he's seeing or is this really happening? And to Elliot's credit, he also asked those same questions like throughout. He's like, I don't know if this, this is real or, you know, if I'm the only one seeing this. So there's also like a, a level of self-awareness there, which is kind of cool, too. So it's a pretty cool. Yeah, I, I love the show, actually. The show's really good. <laughs> there's really a ton of little to, other subplots, to too. Like the, the board member is kind of. Uh, he's got like a closet life that he doesn't let his pregnant wife know about. There's his psychologist that has stuff going on. There's a whole bunch of little subplots and he's kind of like intertwined in all of them. It's really interesting. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that Remy Malik does a great job playing someone who's like losing his mind. Yeah. Um, and, uh, cause I, I loved him in band of brothers, the, uh, the Pacific. Um, cause he was kind of super crazy in that too. Really weird. And very strange type of character. I think in that, I think that he like TV banks show. all those eyes because he's got those really big eyes that I think does a, like and it's very expressive of very expressive paranoia. Yeah. yeah, I just think there's a way like his I think he just he has been yeah, he he's making the most of it, but he's also just a fantastic actor too. I haven't watched Bohemian Rhapsody yet, but I hear like he was just having a ridiculous amounts of fun uh, as well on that. So looking forward to that. So a few little facts about the show. Um, that I going through the facts, even though they had like redacted parts, I was stupid enough to click on them because I'm dumb. Uh, and I got spoiled some stuff. But Remy Malik and Portia Doubleday, who plays his like childhood friend, actually were in a relationship on set. Um, so that's kind of adorable, I guess. I don't know if they're still dating, but whatever. Um, despite the show's apparent massive popularity with critics and audiences, the actual ratings are shockingly low. Because one of the reasons is it's on USA and not many people like USA or USA is known for, you know, wings and stuff like that in the past, even though they've had quality TV shows like Psych. Okay, so like and, um, I don't I think it's been like 20 plus years since anyone associated wings with USA. First of all, that's all wings was on NBC. USA is a universal company, so they're all part of the same. Jeff, I love wings. All right. Okay. I love wings. I think we all love wings. That's yeah. So just be, just be careful. But yes, it was known for Psych and Monk. It had a lot of those shows kind yeah. of going on for a while, like white suits. But like this is like lighter it, fare. It's, it's yeah, very lighter fare. Kind of like um. This is dark and best serious. Best I can describe. Yeah, the best I can describe it is like CBS drama. No, like whoa, CBS drama. whoa, whoa, buddy. There's no reason to be rude like that. That's that. No, 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 no. I'm no, sorry. No, no, no. I'm sorry. sorry Psych sorry, is sorry. not an old person show. Okay, this is not freaking CSI. New Hampshire or wherever the hell they are at now. Okay. NCIS. Calm uh, down, man. NCIS so Connecticut. Insulting. I can't believe I like literally wanted to just end the podcast because you just you just intimated that Psych is a CBS show. Psych is way well, too like, intelligent and to funny. Kind of that that feeling. Like no, it didn't. Monk, it never Monk, did. Monk wasn't terribly. It was clever, but it was lighter fare. Absolutely, I'm not yeah. saying it's not, but it's not. It's it's it was still good writing, interesting characters, and it wasn't just the same old generic formulaic crap that that CBS pretty much is. And it's just you know, because that's what CBS is, right? It's just the same old. generic You're telling formula. me Jag is crap. <laughs> Anyways, uh, well, I mean, uh, yeah, <laughs> got a next thing. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel is a huge fan of the show. Cool, I'm um, glad to know that. Yeah, I just uh, there wasn't many there wasn't many spoiler free facts. That's fine. Um, and then finally, uh, this show pretty much resurrected Christian Slater's career because um, that's kind of fair. Yeah, he was kind of doing not very much, and I think he's fantastic in this show. I think he does a great job. He doesn't play Jack Nicholson either. He does like a really good yeah. job of just this guy who is fed up with how 
you know, things are going in society and wants to kind of like fix it in his own way. And like, like the organization says F society and F the, the guys who kind of run the whole show. And I think he does a really, really good job. So, All right. so yeah, those are my little facts. Okay. So got some quiz questions. Uh, and I tried to spread them over three to four episodes or so. I think I hit all the episodes. I might have only hit. I might have. I might have skipped four. I, don't, I can't remember. Uh, no, nope, looks like I got all, all four. So I got five questions for you. First question from the first episode. Elliot, one of the things we kind of loosely reference is that Elliot actually goes and ha- sees a psychologist or a psychiatrist, uh, and he talks about how he hacks into her life so he can figure out kind of her password and whatnot. So how does he go about doing so, and what is his shrink's password? Um, I'm trying to think. Okay. I'm right, I, I'm, uh, I thought I smelled something burning. <laughs> um, hey, uh, I can't remember where her password was. Okay. Um, I do remember that the douchebag boyfriend's password password is one two three four five six, and then the word seven. <laughs> um, uh, cool I can't remember her stuff. Uh, okay. But I thought that was a cool little subplot where like he's kind of like looking out for her. Yeah, yeah, but, definitely. Like in his own yeah. douchey way. So he, she got out of a bad relationship, a bad, a bad marriage, and then she's been on a lot of dating sites and, and stuff like that, and social media sites. And so he's pretty much able to kind of figure that out. And her password is Dylan2791, which is pretty easy. It is her favorite musical artist, Bob Dylan. And then it is her birth year backwards, 2791. There you go. Second question, uh, where, where is the hacking headquarters for this little F society group that's going on? Uh, and what is a prominent, uh, landmark at this location? So it's like, a, I I don't know if it was like a specific thing, but it's like a County fair place where it's like in this arcade room where you have a ski ball and all these different things. And it's like a an old derelict like amusement park, and like a big thing in it is this giant Ferris wheel, which is like the most terrifying Ferris wheel I've ever seen. Because not only does it like go around, but the things like shift on it and go in like these weird thingies where like it slides, which I would not be cool with. Like I don't mind a Ferris wheel, but that was weird and creepy. So it's like a old amusement park that was shut down. And they're in like the gaming area. Okay, I'm going to give you half credit for that because you got a lot of the basics, but you didn't get some of the specifics. So specifically, it's Coney Island. It's, it's like you said, it's an abandoned sort of theme park, amusement park, but it's specifically on Coney Island. And yes, the Ferris wheel is correct. It's actually called the Wonder Wheel. So you got the general stuff, but not the specific stuff. So I'm going to give you half credit for that. I mean, a Ferris wheel is like a terrifying death machine. The Wonder Weird. Wheel. Okay, so... Uh, why did Darlene suddenly show up at Elliot's and need a place to crash? Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. This is really separates the men from the boys, you know what I mean? Um, uh, I can't. I, was she... Was she up all night... Uh, doing drugs... That's my, that's my, that's my No, guess. unfortunately, the correct answer is that her boyfriend proposed to her because he's a selfish oh, son of a bee. Yeah. And she wanted to get yeah. the hell out. <laughs> I feel like you suddenly remember it. So 
stupid. All right. So what was the name of the game in this little arcade shop where they F Society houses themselves? What was the name of the video game uh, cabinet that Christian Slater was playing in the second episode? It's so good. I love this. Oh, come on. How do you not notice this? Double Dragon? No, it's it's like basically Duck Hunt, but instead of being called Duck Hunt, I mean, it's got the same sounds, looks exactly the same. It's called, oh, it's like a deer hunter It's thing. called Mallard Murder. No, it's still, he's, oh, sh- he's shooting ducks, so it's called Mallard Murder. Oh, man. <laughs> I thought it was like a deer, because he had a shotgun. It was like a little toy shotgun. Yeah. Okay, yeah. final question. What drink do Elliot and Christian Slater drink in episode four at the bar? And how much Apple teenies, does this just drink like cost? JD. Yes, just like JD. Apple I thought like the same JD. thing. Just JD from Scrubs. Wonderful. Do you remember how much it costs? Uh, it was eleven dollars. You sure about that? It was, it was actually twelve. It was, it was actually twelve, but I'll accept it. That's close enough. This man makes a dynamite apple tea. <laughs> so going back through this, you did not get the first one. You got half credit for the second. You missed the third. I uh, missed the fourth, and I'll give you full credit for the fifth. So you got a one and a half out of five. One and a half out of five. You no, know, uh, I don't like bad. to. Not good. I don't like to brag about how great I do, exactly. but this Actually, is pretty it is good. Bad. This is pretty good. So. 1.5 is really bad. All right, Justin, my turn. So instead of giving me something good the way I gave Justin something good, and I've been consistently <laughs> giving him something good, Justin instead gave me the 20, what the hell year did this piece of crap come out? Uh, 2015. We've got to start changing the name of the, the podcast, dude. Hey, Justin's kind of an asshole. <laughs> uh, Justin gave me the 2015 action crime thriller starring Thor, Chris Hemsworth, Black Hat. Uh, it's directed by... But man, he is not as beefy in this as he which is. Which is... Which is probably a good thing. He's still probably a little too beefy, to be honest, uh, but that's okay. Um, so it's directed by Michael Mann, who is actually a very uh, very revered and renowned director who's who's done many things. A couple of them, uh, Justin and I would have some some fun little inside jokes with the Heat, because he was the director of Heat. He directed and, and he wrote Heat, which is, yeah, that's Want to awesome. talk about Heat now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, but also one of my favorites, actually, The Last of the Mohicans. I love that movie. Uh, I love Daniel Day-Lewis. It blows my mind that this man made this movie yeah. and those two movies. Yeah, I mean, That's it happens. Kind of You're not going to get everything, shocking. right? He also did Ali, which is a great movie as well. Um, it's an amazing movie. And then he did Miami Vice. Uh, not so great. Uh, he did Collateral, which is solid. Solid movie there with uh, like Jamie Foxx. Was, was that Jamie Foxx in, um, in, in Tom, Tom Cruise? Cruise? Yeah, yeah that, was a pretty, that was a pretty solid one. So It's not to be confused with Collateral Damage yeah, which is what Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Is that so, Schwarzenegger you know, or is that Stallone? No, mm. Cloud Damage is, is Schwarzenegger as a fireman. Oh, uh, okay. That's that okay. one. Okay. All right. So, I mean, I don't know, man. Like, this movie is just, it bothers me. So, they, first of all, a couple things. Chris Hemsworth, I like the guy. I don't want to take anything away from him. But, like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in the party, and there's many people who think this, that just have, this, just do not buy Chris Hemsworth and his hunkiness as a computer hacker it's just i'm not a computer hacker i've done some programming my time i've never met a, i think in their off time they know, can work out they can do a couple i bench guess presses. but when do you have uh, off time dude we're like come on like I, I don't know like he's just he's way too hunky i just think he was miscast he's so beautiful even beautiful. even he was was unsatisfied uh, apparently with his work saying he just didn't do a particularly good job he kind of didn't he was trying to like do what he thought people wanted and it just didn't work out and he felt very flat in it which sort of makes sense because this movie was an absolute flop it did terribly it had 
Let me see. It had a budget of $70 million, uh, and it did $19.7 million at the box office. It did so bad internationally in the first weekend that they decided not to open it in Australia and not to open it in our, uh, our, our friend Ruben's domain, Belgium, a couple other places as well. It I feel like it was really, really aimed bad. towards a uh, a Chinese audience. That's why I really think it was aimed towards. But even it didn't even do that well there either. So like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, and then I was reading how Universal, which is the production company behind it, uh, the studio, uh, they ended up like losing uh, something like seventy million. They wrote it. They they did a write off of it or ninety mil- ninety million. Yeah. So I'm sorry. Legendary. It was legendary. Took a ninety million dollar write down on the film because of how bad it went. Uh, so it was just it was just not good, um, and it didn't do well either here or or internationally. So uh, the, here's the, so the premise of the movie. Um, there is obviously a okay. So so Chris Hemsworth character is a imprisoned former hacker who he kind of tells the story about how he got into this fight because of a girl and he got put in jail and because he got put in jail by the time he came out he couldn't really get a good job at any of like the good places in california or or any other you know actual legitimate companies and so he started doing hacking on the side using his his sort of his computer science skills there and then eventually got caught and then he got sent away for like 13 or 16 years something like that and so he's been in prison for a while now He's not immediately introduced at the beginning of the movie because first we have to get into a nuclear power plant meltdown uh, that goes down in Hong Kong. Uh, so specifically in a plant called a plant in Chaiwan, uh, and a hacker apparently hacked into the coolant pumps of this particular uh, plant and caused them to overheat. Uh, and then some people got caught inside, and then there's this whole thing going on. And then there was also. Shortly thereafter, someone hacked into kind of like various, uh, I'm not sure if it was like one of the stock exchanges, I can't remember which, uh, but one of the stock exchanges and they basically messed around with soy futures and those two things seem to be connected. And also the Chinese government, uh, they they learned that there was a similar attack used with using a similar system called a RAT, a remote access tool that went down in America that the Americans were able to catch. And so that kind of ties what's going on in China with what's going on in the U.S. And so the two of them kind of start to liaison together. And we still don't yet have good old Chris Hemsworth in the film just yet because this is the open, opening few minutes. So the the U.S. is kind of represented by Viola Davis, who is everly, uh, just awesome in everything. But in this movie, eh. Not so great, but it's not really her. Like, she was still great because she's Viola Davis, but, like, I don't know. I don't really think her character was kind of undersold to me. Uh, but then there's also um, Chen Daiwai, who is, uh, who is like, the chief security officer for China. That's, like, that's their representative. So, like, they're both the official representations of each side. And he was friends with Hemsworth's character in college. Hemsworth's character is named Nick Hathaway. They just referred to him by Hathaway because it's way cooler to refer to people by their last names. And if there's nothing we know about like hackers, they're definitely buff and they're cool and you can refer to them by their last names. Um, so he decides when he's looking at the... So Chen, Chen, when he's looking at the actual code that he gains access to for what ha- for the person who hacked into the nuclear plant, he realizes that part of the code was something that he and his friend... Hathaway wrote when they were in college on a lark and the best way to kind of track down this hacker who's doing all these horrible things was to get Hathaway on board 
And so they bring Hathaway on board and Hathaway apparently just becomes the investigator. Like he's not just a hacking consultant. He is like leading the investigation now. They put a little, uh, they, you know, he's, he's being tracked, but that doesn't really work out that well because he's able to mess with, uh, mess with uh, one of the guards' um, uh, phones to, that was actually tracking him. This is actually Holt McElhaney, who is, uh, is well-known for one of a show we like called Mindhunter. He's one of the, the main characters of Mindhunter. He plays Mark Jessup on this, just an FBI agent. And then they just start gavelanting around the world. Now, Chen brings his sister along with him, um, uh, Lean, uh, played by uh, uh, Tang. And for reasons, uh, her, she and Hathaway fall in love, uh, probably just because they're just attractive. And I think that's really what happens. Like when two attractive people are in close proximity to one another, I think it just automatically means that they fall in love. I uh, mean, it's never happened to me, so I can only <laughs> assume. You've never fallen in love. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Well, oh, poor Chrissy. Oh, I just feel shame. like there's half of the equation missing. That's a shame. Did you just, people. oh my God, I can't believe you're just. I can't believe what you just said about your wife. That's that's awful, no, no, Justin. No, 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 what are you no, doing here? Saying, no, oh, no, my no, gosh. She's not no, going to no. like any of this. So I'll be looking for a new podcast co-host next week. Uh, so anyway, the two of them fall in love, and it's the most inexplicable reasoning. It just makes no sense. It's it's so bad. Like, they, they're just – they're literally in love. They're spending – I don't know. It's just – it's absurd. Um, so they move around. Uh, they jump from place to place uh, trying to track down this particular this particular hacker – um, they, at one point they go to, uh, they actually go and visit the, the cool, the, the nuclear power plant and they go inside. Everyone's kind of getting in their, their various, uh, their various gear and they're being lectured. You can't stay in there for very long, eight minutes, except if you're, if you're Chris Hemsworth, then you can stay in there a little bit longer and like do everything that you weren't supposed to do, which is what you were told not to, because he's a super hacker. He's not just a hacker, but he's gorgeous. He's strong. He's He's just amazing on all levels. Uh, eventually, their their investigation hits a little bit of a wall, um, and it hits a wall because the NSA won't let them use this uh, priority um, priority program that's supposed to like analyze broken data and then derive something special from it. And since all of the information that they got from the nuclear plant was kind of broken, they didn't know what to do with it. Um, and when they asked about it. When Viola Davis's character asked if the NSA would let them do it, they said, no, because you're working with China and we don't want China to know that we have this particular stuff. So what do they do? Well, with everyone's approval, uh, Hathaway hacks into the NSA uh, and gains access to it. They use it and then allows them to continue their investigation. But he's he's essentially written off. Um, so the people back in the States, Viola Davis's uh, s- seniors or supervisors want her to bring him in. Um, but he is alerted to this fact by his friend, uh, his, his old high school, his old college buddy who gives him the warning. And so the two, both Hathaway and his newfound lover, uh, they go off on the run kind of sort of, and then the, they eventually track down his brother and then like the two, the three of them talk or her brother, I should say. And then the brother, they get attacked, they get attacked in in the street, uh, where Hathaway's college friend gets blown up by a bazooka, uh, by the, the villain from happy. Um, and blows him up with a bazooka. And then shortly thereafter, Viola Davis and the guy from Mindhunters, they show up uh, and they get gunned down as well. And so then the team's basically falling apart. All there is left now is Hathaway and his new girlfriend. And the two of them decide to go to Malaysia because they saw uh, all sorts of stuff uh, on, I guess, on, the, on this, uh, this sort of satellite photo. And they're trying to figure out why would he buy up 
all these particular locations. What is he doing here? Like, this doesn't really make any sense. By the time they get there, they figure it out. Like, there's all sorts of tin, uh, apparently. And so he's a, he's planning to short tin. And the attack on the nuclear plant was just like a test run so that he can just see if he can mess up these particular uh these particular coolant pumps and in doing so it sort of like flood a whole valley and then the tin futures would rise and he would make a crap load of money so as a way to pay them back for killing you know their friend and their brother uh he steals the hacker's money uh and then eventually they have a confrontation at the very end uh, amidst some sort of nighttime ritual parade thing going on and not only is chris hemsworth uh his character hathaway incredibly intelligent when it comes to hacking somehow up to speed on modern technologies despite not having access to any incredibly buff uh has amazing clothing super suave uh, fantastic charismatic personality he also is just an amazing hand-to-hand fighter and kills people who have guns on him and who are trained to do this mercenary style and they win and they take some money and they go off and live happily ever after. So that's the movie. What do I think of it? it uh, it's really bad. Uh, it's not It's not a good movie, man. It's just, it's so unconvincing on so many fronts. Uh, it's unconvincing from Chris Hemsworth character being a hacker. It's just, can't, this, can't a person just be a person? Why do they have to be, you know, a, a Mr. Perfect? And he is the epitome of uh, of just can can do nothing wrong right he does nothing wrong he is balrog he has lots and lots of powers he is freaking superman it's ridiculous i'm surprised they didn't let him just fly all <laughs> over balrog. why do we need a plane when he can just fly himself like it's just to the point where it was nauseating like how and i like chris hemsworth i think he actually is a likable charismatic guy but it, man it was just not a convincing role for him the whole romance was so obvious and unnecessary and unearned like it just oh my god it was awful and it was there simply because hey we're attractive like the brother stresses the need to bring the sister in the very beginning before even hathaway comes onto the scene making it seem like she's going to have a pivotal role but she doesn't her role is basically to fall in love with hathaway and she never really gets to do anything until the very end once everybody else is now dead there's a couple of fight sequences that are kind of fun to watch that are shot well. So there's like some good cinematography for sure. Like there's some exciting moments, but the context of it kind of under, undercuts it a bit, right? So, I mean, ultimately, I just I just didn't think it was a good movie. The movie stays stays overstays its welcome significantly. It's slow at times. I mean, I've read it's, it's a hacking movie, so it's always kind of difficult. Like how do you get exciting stuff in it when so much of what's going down that's exciting is happening you know, on a computer screen. I mean, how do you do it? I, I don't know. Like, there's all these moments where you see, like, the really strange, like, CGI of electric currents running through circuitry. And it's like, what the hell are we watching? Like, what is this? This is like an opening title sequence. Uh, so some of it's just sort of silly. Um, I don't know. There's a there's a director's cut where he moves some stuff around. Man decides to move, like, the nuclear power plant meltdown to the middle parts of the movie, hoping that helps with pacing as opposed to having it at the start. And for some reason, he decided to at the very last second before the original theatrical version came out, moved it up for reasons. I don't really know why. And I don't think he ever really said why, but I don't know, man. I just didn't like it. What about you? What did you think? It's pretty good. I thought, um, no, it's, it's real bad. Chris, the, the only saving grace is that Chris Hemsworth is just so handsome. Um, well, I'd say that's he's handsome, thing. but so, so are the, you know, his, his friend, he's handsome though. The Chinese security guy, the friend that gets him out of prison, his sister, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's also like, it's like holding a candle person. next oh to a floodlight. It's really hard to see that candle. 
Because, oh yeah. my gosh, he's, I'm in store. You look at him in store. He's just so handsome. I'm so frustrated because um, I got Viola Davis in it too. And she's such a good actress. And like all they really did were character development with her. It was just like 9-11. Like that's all she did. Like 9-11. Like I lost someone in 9-11. Oh yeah, who'd you do this? And that's it. Like there's like two really quick lines and that's it, man. And like there's a couple f- cool lines. Like she has this one little funny moment where she's talking with this guy who's who's all kind of trying to stonewall her. And she starts talking and she's just like... She her, her lines where she like references Gary. She's like, "Is that is that clear enough for you, Gary?" And it's like a really incredibly well delivered line. I just feel like she's underused. She's like she was just totally underused. It was the Chris Hemsworth show because of like how amazing he is. Like she this is, is like the between, investigator, like, not him. He's just a freaking hacker who's supposed to be consulting. He's not the freaking investigator. Like, can't he just consult? God, this is between I think Thor two and Thor three as well. So it's like. I think before he did that Moby Dick movie too, because he's got really oh. thin for that movie. Was and this movie, where he's, he's yeah, he's kind of he's kind of gaunt, and this movie's not as like kind of he's not like how he is in Hard to See. Like Hard to See, he is he's absolutely like starved. Hmm. But in this movie, he's he's oh, a smaller guy. Yeah, but like even still, he's a monster weird. compared to everybody else on the screen. I mean, that's not the only reason this movie's bad. It's really not. Like, there's so many things that are wrong with it. Like, it's shot well, but it's not paced well. It's not stitched together in a way that I think keeps the excitement of the movie and makes it feel like a, quote, thriller. Like, also, I feel like there's too much explaining that has to go on. When you're talking about soy futures, for crying out loud, like, that's not something that's really going to excite people. And that requires, then, all your characters to talk contextually about what's really going down. And that's not an exciting conversation, right? So I don't know. I just I appreciate it trying to be intelligent. I appreciate it trying to show like how like we do have concerns, cyber cybersecurity concerns when it comes to like many, many issues and many systems Our you know, our, our money, our economics, our, our power, like all that's kind of interesting in a way. But ultimately, it just I don't know. It just didn't feel like they did a good enough job with it. Like it tried to be an adult and intelligent, but at the same time, if it was an adult intelligent, they probably would have cast somebody that could probably carry the movie a little bit better than Thor. Like, I just don't feel like if you really wanted this to be taken seriously, I think you probably could have cast a more, a more serious and convincing main lead for your hacker. I mean, what's Topher Grace doing right now? I mean, put him in there. Right? You know what I mean? <laughs> so maybe Daniel Day Lewis, maybe. No, he's not young. young. I don't know. Anyway, what are your stupid questions? All right, so I got five very good questions, not stupid questions. A, B, C, D, E. The first one, uh, you actually already answered. It's what animal named file that the black hat uploaded in the back door. What was the name of that, uh, that, like, uh, the virus that they had? And you already answered it. It was a rat. Mm -hmm. All right. So you got one already. So, um, they're kind of like, the second question is, they're kind of like staking out this Lebanese man who's the, you said, the bad guy from, from Happy. Bad guy been Happy, yeah. Um, and Barely they gets say any every... spoken lines, by the way. 95% yeah, yeah. of the times on the screen, he's just, just look angry like a terrorist. Got it. Is this, do I look angry enough? Do I look like a terrorist enough? He's probably he a very... He did a good job. I mean, he's very terroristy. He's probably a very, very nice terroristy. man who drinks like espressos and likes really fancy yeah. cheeses. So, good. He probably has really great stories and a yeah. nice guy. Very, very nice um, So, they say that he meets up with a contact every day. So, how does he meet up with this contact every day when they're staking him out? So, he goes to this like parkish area, right? This little like public area. And he just texts people. And so, like they... 
like they don't ever ever actually physically meet um and so he, they just use like the wireless in that area i don't understand like the specifics of the technology but he kind of uploads a packet that disseminates to the various people that he wants to actually have a go to and he never has to be in physical contact with them now jeffrey that's correct my follow-up question is why can't he just do that from home that um uh maybe he maybe his his internet service provider uh his home internet service provider throttles his uh, his connection and that's what it is and maybe the that's probably what it is that's probably but what it that is. also makes no sense i agree all right so um you got that one right second question what famous nfl safety planted a tracking device on uh thor's car i'm sorry what what famous NFL safety planted a tracking device on Thor's car when they were in uh, China? There is an NFL safety in this? Um, if it's not him, it sure looks a lot like him. Oh, Troy Palomalu. Okay, yeah, I got, I got what you're doing. Yeah, Troy Palomalu. I see what you're doing. Yes, yes, the, the crazy Troy hat. Troy yeah. put a tracking device on this car. I got it, yeah. Yeah, there's this one guy who tracks the car, and then eventually that leads them to be able to track down the brother and blow him up with a bazooka. And he looks very much like uh, former Pittsburgh Steeler Troy Palomaro with a crazy, crazy mane of hair. Yeah, definitely looks like him now that you say that. Okay. I don't think that was really when him. I was, when I was watching it, was like, is that, is that Troy? <laughs> is that Troy? Good for him. Good for him. All right. So my next question is, um, Bill's out there helping out as much as he can. I'm just wondering, where's where's Ford at? Why is he not assisting his partner You know, while they're doing their behavioral unit? He's obviously out there trying to track serial killers. Where's Ford at the entire time while Bill Trench is out there? You know, Bill Trench is out there you know, trying to hunt down these killers. So why so is he not there? He's working off a panic attack. Like he's he's got a panic attack. It was a bad one, and he's working it off right now. He's calming down. I think that's a good answer. I would have also accepted uh, he's being uh, dumped by another whore again because that woman what? in the show is an awful person that treated what? Ford so poorly. Well, that is so and I, in language I don't she's approve of. Awful woman, and I, I want Ford just all. to be happy. That's I, all I want. Hmm. Okay. I think he was also incredibly controlling and invasive, and I think he crossed some boundaries in terms of what their relationship was defined as. So I don't know, man. But thank you anyway. What's the next question? He's handsome, and he's great. Um, (laughs) Jesus. uh, Is an IT specialist being that handsome believable? I think I've made my case clear with that, that no, it's not. Now, I work on a campus with many IT professionals, and I say this with all due respect. They all look like trolls. Just saying. <laughs> it's okay. <All> right. <laughs> so, like, are we saying like trolls, like little, like Dungeons and Dragons, faces? nasty trolls with crazy, like okay. weird acne and stuff coming out? Okay. They're probably yeah. they don't all look like that, but they just look like normal people. Chris Hemsworth is not normal people. Chris Hemsworth just he he fell off the beautiful tree and hit every branch on the way down. Like he just constantly beautiful, 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 beautiful. Whereas like. Most people are just average, right? Just make 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 him an average person. That's all, that's all I'm asking. So I believe Jeffrey, that's a five for five yeah, for you. Right so uh, oh, congratulations, my friend. Once again, um, I mean, all my I have scores life, are usually honest. a little bit better, but mm-hmm. you know, I'd say you did a good job. So uh, there you go. All right, Justin, time to do new challenges. Are you ready, sir? I guess so, but I, I think I should pick something nice this week. I think, I think you should you actually physically murder me so So i have already set up the wheel so that we don't have any weird pauses and we have some great choices 
Uh, so first choice, the first listing is non-zombie disaster movies from the 2000s, romantic comedies from the 2000s, or, or ghosts from the 1990s. I think these are all, these, all three of these I think are solid. So that last two are really good. Um, okay. I'm thinking romantic comedy. From the 2000s. I, I feel like it'd be a good change up from what we've been kind of watching. Okay. And early 2000s is a very awkward fashion time, which I'm looking forward to re rehashing. So. Okay. All right, Justin. So I guess we're going to do romantic comedies from the 2000s for episode 67. So tune in next week to see what happens. And uh, if you have some time between now and then, you want to hop on the old Apple podcast or Stitcher and drop a little review for us, we would definitely appreciate it. If you have any feedback for us, you can catch us online at thelollygaggers.com. Uh, send us a little note. Uh, you can also catch us on Twitter. I'm at lollygaggerco. Justin's at buysjustin. Uh, and with that out of the way, Justin, if you were a hacker, what would be your online handle? Um, would it be uh, Zero Cool? Would it be oh my. Crash Afterburn? Um, it'd be Fat Thor. Oh, for Christ. There you go, it'd be Fat Thor. And that's it, we're done.